Greetings and felicitations. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Welcome to episode 16 of season three. Well, uh, I got up to a bit of a late start. It is zero dark 30 on Tuesday morning, late last week of April, in the middle of Fiesta Week here in San Antonio. I don't know where you are listening, but I hope you're having a more enjoyable time. So, we're going to get into it here. We're going to get into some shtick, some stuff, and see what happens. Oh, we got some big things to talk about. There's going to be some very interesting... You've probably heard most of this stuff on the news anyway, but you're going to hear it again here. So, until we get back in about 30 seconds, I will leave you in the capable hands of one Billy Preston. And we're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Welcome. It's Zero Dark Thirty, and I have to stand corrected. I earlier in the in the intro I said Tuesday. Actually, it's Wednesday. I'm once again find myself running a day behind. I don't know what happened. Oh yeah, that's right. What happened was yesterday was Laundry Day, and that can be an all-day event sometimes, especially when you have to contend with all the people, all the homeless people that run in and out of that laundromat harassing the patrons. They do have an attendant, but she's a, a small frame woman. She's, she doesn't want to stand up to these people. Yeah, I get that. So, <clears throat> let's get back to reality. Zero Dark Thirty, Wednesday morning. And if you've been paying attention to anything at all, you heard about what happened at Fox News. And yes, that's my favorite news outlet, but uh, not my only one. <clears throat> In the most major news at Fox, they let one of their top anchors go. Tucker Carlson was released. Actually, what they claimed was an amicable parting of ways between Fox and uh, Tucker Carlson which left millions of viewers stunned, angry, and uh, bewildered. 
why would Fox News let one of their top-rated anchors, if not the most top-rated anchor in the world, go or part ways with him? Well, as we're starting to feel, see the things that filter down, uh, we're starting to make a little bit clearer picture of this. It basically boils down to January the 6th and the election. Now, <clears throat> several of the anchors on Fox, including Sean Hannity and uh, Laura Ingram, were touting the, the line that Donald Trump had led about the voting errors in the machines used by the Dominion uh, voting machines. They're the manufacturer of voting machines that are used all over the world. And according to Donald Trump, there were flaws in the system. There were ghosts in the machine that were made the machines unreliable and even downright fallible. So that was one thing. And what happened was because we're starting to find out from other Fox entities that have come and gone, that uh, it's basically lawsuits. It seems that Fox News is not uh, is facing down many lawsuits right now, and not just the ones from uh, the Dominion voting machines, who did sue Fox News for saying that the false accusations about about their machines and in a uh, ruling in a, or an out-of-court settlement before this thing even went to trial Fox News agreed to settle for 780 million dollars half of the 1.5 billion that they were asking for now this the termination of Tucker Carlson came on the heels of this and uh, that's the thing, uh, you know, lawsuits can have very strange outcomes. And one of the things that have been filtering down is that be prepared that uh, Tucker Carlson is not going to be the only casualty of this, uh, this lawsuit. You know, here's the thing. They handed down a ruling of $785 million dollars. But we don't know all the other details that went along with it. Maybe it did call for the ter termination of several of their of their hosts. So, according to an insider at Fox, be prepared to see major changes in the lineups at Fox News. Started with Tucker, uh, and it's probably not going to end with him. I also read uh, in another publication that Dan Bongino has resigned. He's parted ways with Fox. Uh, his reason was that they could not come to terms agreement on it before a contract. So, you know, it boils down to money and it's always going to boil down to money. And, uh, can't go do this. And so here we have what we have. Now I will be so very surprised if they get rid of Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram, but we're going to see. So now we have many more, Bows that were at the trough going to be looking for that time slot that Tucker has just filled. It's good. It's a big time slot. It was the seven to eight central time or the eight to nine uh, Eastern time, which is where Fox is running on. <clears throat> and uh, it's going to be Fox is going to be a different, a different view, a different field of operations. So, 
Be prepared. Heads are rolling, and it doesn't look like they've stopped yet. So, he's gone. We're going to see who else goes. And uh, see what happens. All right. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Stick around. We'll be right back. And also, if you have any input that you want to let me know about what's going on, your opinion, go to my uh, Twitter account. It's Ben Hur at TCCINDY. Thank you. We'll be right back. Hold on. Ground control to Major Tom Ground control to Major Tom Take your protein pills and put your helmet on and we're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. Zero Dark Thirty here on Wednesday morning. <clears throat> this next little block, if I can get my thing to work. Hold on. There we go. My background music. <clears throat> this was a story I meant to do last episode, but my things get so jam-packed. I, I try to keep my, my show at an hour. Sometimes it's more than you can bear to listen to. I know. I get it. <clears throat> I wanted to do this one last week because this actually happened last week. Uh, I, uh, no, no, no. That's not true. It happened this week because of a flight delay. <clears throat> uh, our Major, Major Tom, who we know as Elon Musk, launched a rocket last week. This was the preliminary phase in testing. Remember, it's testing for a rocket system that he was going to use to send to uh, the moon and then Mars. <clears throat> the I watched it on television live. It was on TV on Monday morning. Uh, 8.28 in the morning, it lifted off from its uh, space complex in, uh, where is it, Boca Chica, Texas, which is right on the border with uh, Mexico. The launch went well, and at 1 minute 37 seconds in, they lost control of the rocket, and it exploded in the air. It wasn't manned. There was nobody on board. It was just a test flight to see how it was going to go. Now Elon Musk knows how it went, and it's back to the drawing board. And he said so himself. That they were going to go back to the drawing board, figure out what happened, why they lost control of the rocket, and correct the problem so that it didn't happen again when there are actually people on board, and then you're going to have a major disaster on your hands. Now, that leads me to my next question, and I was this popped into my head yesterday, because uh, right now, <clears throat> in the world of politics, we're getting, we're looking, we're gearing up for another national election that's going to be held in 24 when Joe Biden's term runs out 
and we look for another leader. And let me tell you, we're looking, and the field's wide open right now. There's candidates on the Republican side, or I think there's like 18 right now that want to be president. You have Donald Trump, Rand, even though Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, hasn't committed, he, he's already running. He's campaigning. Uh, Mike Pompeo, the former Secretary of State under Trump. Uh, Mike Pence, the former Vice President under Trump. Now, talking about Mike Pence, I want to jump over to our current Vice President, Kamala Harris. Now, how are Kamala Harris, Elon Musk, and the space program tied together? It's very simple. The Vice President of the United States has always been responsible for our space program for funding and for getting things off the ground. Now, God bless men like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, the Amazon uh, mogul, because they're the ones that are putting rockets into space right now, not NASA. Where's NASA? I asked myself last night. And in that, in that respect, where's the vice president who should be running NASA and getting us back into space, which we should never have left. Have we not stopped reaching out for to go further into space? After the moon landings in 69, we might be on Mars by now, but something happened. Something happened over those six Apollo missions, starting with uh, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and culminating with uh, Apollo 17, and we stopped. And then they started focusing on, you know, uh, the environment and uh, the Earth, and then you saw the Skylab series and the space station, and we stopped. We stopped dead cold in our tracks, and we just didn't do anything. Where were all the vice presidents before that? Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, uh, Dan Quayle. And where was NASA? NASA was nowhere to be found. Yeah, they had their share of successes with the space shuttle program. But we weren't reaching out further into space. And we kind of lost. We kind of forgot how to do it. Now, in 1969, when we launched that first Apollo mission, we still didn't know what we were doing. It was trial and error, but we got there, and we got those men back. And even though there was the successful failure of Apollo 13, you know, what was it, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 12 different men walked on the moon. And we should have been on the surface of Mars, though there are some that say we already are, but uh, I'm not going to go into that. But where is the vice president and where is our space program? Why are we firing rockets into space? Why are we pushing for, oh, yeah, we have the Artemis project now to try to get to Mars. But Elon Musk is already trying to get there. He's a private citizen. Jeff Bezos is, is also a private citizen. Uh, what's the guy from Virgin, the Virgin uh, Airlines? Uh, Oh, I'm having a senior moment. I can't remember that guy's name, but you know, Virgin, Virgin Atlantic, uh, the uh, the airlines. Um, he's also trying to get into space. These are private citizens. 
and they're using their own money, well, money from their corporations to do this. NASA relies on our tax, on its tax dollars. Yeah, I know space travel has gotten much, much more expensive, but I don't know. Shouldn't we already be uh, uh, on the verge of headed into the final frontier, according to Captain Kirk? So, once again, the question remains, where are we going? What are we doing? <clears throat> if we have private citizens that are using their money to go into space to try to make our lives better. Why is NASA trying to do this? Once again, I see it as a major failure on the part of the office of the Vice President of the United States. And I'm not, I'm not just picking on Kamala Harris. I'm picking on all the other Vice Presidents. Where was Mike Pence? Dan Quayle. Uh, what's the guy, Man Bear Pig? Uh, uh, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, Bill Clinton's vice president. I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, and so where are all these people? Where Where is NASA? Why aren't we building the Starship Enterprise? You know, we're still relying on rockets. We should have, we're, I think we're much, much better than that. And the Chinese are going to get ahead of us. The Chinese are already on the moon, if you didn't know this. What they're doing is they're studying the far side of the moon. That's why we don't see their little space buggies tooling around on the light side because they're on the dark side because that's where the aliens are. And I just I just pushed this, uh, this block into the realm of uh, the twilight zone when I said aliens. The far side of the moon is the least explored side of the moon the side that you can't see when you look up at the night sky. And there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered. The first one is, why did we stop going to the moon? There's conspiracy theorists out there that tell you it's because the moon men told us to stay away from the moon. And there are those that argue that the moon is not real. It was not, it's not naturally occurring. It's a satellite, an artificial satellite. And it was put there four and a half million years ago, billion years ago. So it's, it's, your guess is as good as mine. So we're back to square one. Where are we? Where are we going? And why haven't we got there yet? Your guess is as good as mine. Let me know what you think. Ben Hur at TCCINDY and Twitter. Get a hold of me. Let me know. Tell me what you think. Why haven't we gone to the moon? Why don't I have a, a greasy spoon on the moon or the Mars for that matter? We'll be right back. Stick around. And we're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Well, it's not zero dark 30 like it usually is with you and me. It's uh, sometime in the late evening on Thursday, April uh, 30, 29, 20, 27th. 
And uh, wow, this month's almost done. And we're going to roll into May here at the beginning of the week. Well, the reason we're talking about electricity now is this is the another big story in the news. Uh, the United States government wants its entire fleet of vehicles in the military, that being Hummers, uh, your, your deuce and a halves, your big trucks, your tanks, everything to go all electric by 2030. Seven years from now, they want our entire military to be electric. We can't even get our civilian cars right. We don't even have an electric grid that's going to satisfy all the electric cars that everybody's supposed to have. I don't know. So I find it very hard to believe how you're going to expect our military to win a war if there is one and do it with all electric vehicles. If there's a battle coming, there is no grid on the battlefield to charge your tank with. And it takes your average electric car six hours to do a full charge. And a tank is 10 times bigger than your average car. And if our enemies are still using diesel and fuel oil to run their ships, tanks, and whatnot, we're in trouble. We're going to ask our military to fight its battles with an electric car. Now, there's a reason why the military hasn't used electric, hasn't developed the electric tank, because it's not feasible on the battlefield. Fuel oil, diesel still runs the military. Leave it that way. Yeah, I know the green people all want to win the war, but you're not going to have to win it with fuel oil, not with electricity. I don't believe in electric tanks. Why aren't we using them now as it is? I don't believe in an electric Humvee. And I don't believe in soldiers having to find an electrical grid that's going to satisfy their electrical needs for their weapons of war. What's next? An electric machine gun? I don't know. Maybe. But then again, it won't matter because by then we'll be speaking, we'll all be speaking Chinese and or Russian. So thanks a lot, Green New Deal. You're going to cost us, one, this is one more reason they're going to cost us our country. They're going to ask us to fight using electricity. Now, I don't know how you feel about this. If you're a vet, I served on a submarine that had a nuclear reactor. So many of our ships still run on fuel oil. Most of our carrier fleet runs on nuclear. All of our aviation fleet runs on jet one fuel, a jet or what is it? A one jet fuel. Uh, now I'm talking your A ten Warthogs, your F sixteen, your F fifteen, your F fourteen. I don't think there are any more of those. Your FA-18s, your hum, uh, your Humvees, you know, it goes on. The list goes on and on. Now, there are those on the green side that believe a war is winnable with an electric vehicle. I don't. 
when you've got to stop to charge your tank and the enemy's advancing because they're still burning fuel oil, guess who's going to win? You might as well just wave the white flag at that point and not even fight. We're done. We are done. What do you think? Is electric the way to go? Do you have an electric car? Let me ask you that. And if you don't, why not? Oh, that's right. They're too expensive. Oh, yeah. $80,000. And then you have to find a place to plug it into every night to set a, a charge overnight so you can drive it the next day. And God forbid you're not driving across country every day or like from here to Los Angeles. Man, then you're going to be in trouble. Big trouble. Where are we going, folks? What do you think? Just let me know. Uh, you can drop me a line on my Twitter account. I'm at BenHer at T-C-C-I-N-D-Y. Let us know what you think about this whole electric fleet of Humvees and uh, trucks and whatnot that they want to shift the military over to. Are you comfortable with that? Let me know. Drop me a nutshell response and uh, we'll go from there. You're listening to the Cheerland Chronicles. We'll be right back. When you heard that music, you knew you were listening. You were watching the Jerry Springer show. Sad news on the entertainment front tonight: Jerry Springer died today at the age of seventy-nine. He was born in nineteen forty-four, and made his rise to fame as a mediocre talk show host, who one day had the idea of bringing on disgruntled exes to meet the current person that they had fallen out of favor with their ex and then let them go at it physically you would see women gay men fighting each other because they were all jealous of the other and it was all for entertainment he was the king of reality tv what we know today as reality tv jerry springer was at the forefront of this many many years ago as I said earlier, he started out as a mediocre talk show host on a small uh, Chicago uh, uh, cable outlet. And one day had the idea of letting somebody's ex go at the current person who had replaced her. And he had a hit on his hands. He let the audience get involved with questions and actually letting them know how they felt about uh, their relationship and it made for very interesting television little by little you started seeing other major networks starting to adopt his idea and thus reality TV was born all thanks to Jerry Springer so thanks Jerry Jerry Springer 1944 2023 
died at the age of 79, just shy of 80. We will miss you, Jerry Springer. We will miss all the fights. And then your thoughts and your most constant thought, which is to love each other and one another. Or something like that. But uh, Jerry Springer did at the age of 79. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Stick around. We'll be right back with more show. And so we say, boy, when you grow up, you're gonna find a nice lady. Make sure you act up. You'll be living a life like Barbie and Ken. Come on, so get up and forget this nonsense. What if he's not Ken? She's Barbie. She shouldn't have to say sorry. Tell me, do you even listen to all the dumb shit you slip in? We can be who we And we're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Well, the king said it best. It's a crazy, mixed up, shook up world, except for Lola. Boys will be boys and girls will be girls. But now it seems to be more often than not. We're worried about what our kids are going to be without letting them be kids first. Can we give them that much? Let them be kids. Let them scrape their knees and elbows and worry about the heartaches that's going to be coming down the road. That That's something you have to deal with when you're a little bit older. Not when you're 7 or 12. It's not time for that. And now everybody that wants to run as a, as a woman that was born a man. Uh, there's a woman, well, there's a man who claims to be transgender and is now goes by the name of Leah Thomas. Was a mediocre male swimmer in her college and decided to become trans and all of a sudden is setting new world's records in women's sports because she's competing against women in the body of a man. Now, is that fair? I don't really think so. Now, I believe in womanism, feminism, if you want to call it that, but also let women compete with women, not men sticking their nose in there and other things. To compete as a woman, but you're in the body of a man, you know you're going to win, hands down. That's like saying, oh, I want my 16-year-old to compete with these Pop Warner football guys who are only 10. Of course, he's going to roll over all of them because he's 16, he's bigger, and he's stronger. And I don't think any parent would sit for that. So why do we sit for this? Oh, because they're transgender. They're different. That's a horse of a different color. And since we're all woke, well, we have to let them slide in, right? Because it's just the right thing to do. Because we're all woke and we all want everybody to be equal. It's all equity, right? It's all about equity. There's no equality. Equity was issued by government mandate and it eliminates the need for equality, which means you have to work at something to get where you want to be. If you want to compete, if you want, if you want to be the top-rated men's swimmer, you better damn well swim like that one. That's what was that one dude, uh, Phelps? 
You need to swim like he swims. You need to be like Aquaman, you know, or Prince Namor, the Submariner. You have to do these kinds of things to get ahead. You have to be good. You can't just say, well, I'm going to switch gender and then I'm going to kick some serious ass because I'm still a guy, but I'm going to put on makeup and grow my hair long. And I have to say, Leah Thomas is a very ugly chick. I'm sorry, babe. That's one ugly chick. I must say so. And I'm not transphobic. You know what? I don't care what you put in your mouth or any other orifice of your body. And I've said this over and over again. I really don't care what your sexuality is. Just don't push it in my face. You know, if you want to identify as a woman, fine. But don't compete against women as a man because you're going to win hands down. You're, you're bigger. You're stronger. And I don't care how many hormones you take to shrivel your nuts. You know, this is just the thing. It's, it's, you're not, you're not, you're not making things any better. And the music you're hearing behind me is a whole 20 minutes of different kinds of trans songs. I'll celebrate along with you. I'm, I'm happy for you. If you're, if you're a boy trapped in the body of a woman or vice versa, and you want to break free, you want to step out and you want to show your pride, be my guest. But don't expect me to have to change rules that have been etched in stone for a long, long time to accommodate you because you want to win. You want to win first prize uh, medals and ribbons, the ribbons and, and all that other stuff. That shit doesn't fly with me. I'm sorry. Leah Thomas, I'm sorry. You're just going to have to find a different sport. Now, here's the thing about the sport. Everybody's all up in arrears about this chick because she's a man who's pretending to be a woman and is competing with real women who don't have the physical strength or stamina that he does or she does. Now, what happens? This is just swimming. What happens when it's, we start using the different sports like basketball or lacrosse, which is also being challenged at this time? You you get physical in, the, in those sports. Somebody's going to get hurt. What is it going to take? A broken leg or bro broken neck or pelvis to prove a point or to disprove one, maybe I should say. That's the thing, you know. I don't care what you want to be, but if it, if it means that we have to disrupt an entire sports package to accommodate you, then that's just kind of wrong. Go back to being a man and just get better at what you did or what you're doing and be a superstar. According to Molly Shannon, superstar, you know? It's it's not that hard. And that that's not a, uh, a an intended pun. It's just, it's just, it just is, you know? You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. What do you think? What are your views on transgender people in sports, be it men or women? Let me know. Drop me a line on my Twitter account. It's Ben Hur at T-C-C-I-N-D-Y. Stick around. We'll be right back with more show. We're not done yet. Ah, uh, too bad. Oh, man. 
And we're back. You're listening to the Chairliner Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Herb. <clears throat> well, that's Toby Keith leading us in with that work song. Uh, I saw a story the other day that kind of bothered me. <clears throat> it's about the lack of our next generation's work ethic. It's almost non-existent. It barely has a pulse. Uh, a survey of bosses across the country stated the same thing. They have to work around their employees to give them what they want. They're mostly millennials. This is their first job, and they're dictating to their bosses how things are going to be. One of the interviewees was a doctor that ran a hospital, and he said that he has several new hires that included several doctors who are of Generation Z. And he said that after a few weeks on the job, they were already calling him by his first name. Not doctor or sir or mister. He has a title. He's the director of the hospital. But they were referring to him by his first name. This is the way these kids think. For many of them, they're first out of college. It's their first job. They learned no work ethic from their parents. Why, I don't know. But it also goes back to what's been said time and time again. This is a socialist indoctrination at work. This, these are the rotten fruits of a labor of, I don't know what to call it, but they are, uh, they're like this. So bosses are finding that they have to work around their new employees because they want, they only want to work certain hours, um, As a matter of fact, uh, going back to the hospital where the director was talking about how his employees refer to him by his first name, uh, there was a clinic where these kids got so worn out, they just stopped seeing seeing patients. They started sending people home and refused to see them because they were tired. Well, you know what? That's your job to do it no matter what. You know, come hell or high water, the job's got to get done. People have to get seen. It's a medical facility for crying out loud. And here we are catering, kowtowing to these kids who are still wet behind the ears, have no idea what it is to work a full eight-hour day with blood, sweat, and tears because that's the way the job was done. That was the pride that America took in its workforce. Not so much anymore. I mean, when you go to McDonald's and the the server's questioning you as to your choices, well, you're the one that wanted the burger, you know, that's your choice. But I guess they believe in have it your way, which is the way of whoever's taking your order. Yeah, I know it sounds like a lot, but stop and think. Look at your work ethic. If you were born like I was in 1960, You're the last, we're the tail end of the baby boomer generation. We learned from watching our parents that you worked hard and you enjoyed the fruits of your labor. But now with inflation running running high, uh, it's hard to say really what it's all about. I mean, what are we working for? 
We worked for our retirement. We worked for our families. We worked to put food on the table. But when you have inflation that is running at 6%, growth is almost nil. Uh, and you're paying $8 for a dozen eggs. Uh, it kind of makes you stop and think where we're, this, where we're going with all this. But it goes back to our work ethic. We have no work ethic. As a matter of fact, when you see uh, people hiring to fill positions that they have, what are they asking for? They're asking for the older worker. They're asking for my generation to come out of retirement, get back in the workforce, and show them how it's done. Because these kids have no idea how it's done. Many of them never had summer jobs. They've always they've been coddled most of their lives. And so when the time comes to step up, they step up, but they got demands. And you know what? I think that's okay to have demands, but when it's your first job, you put your nose to the grindstone and you don't say a word and you open your eyes and your ears and you learn everything that you can because that's going to take you into the next job and the next job and the next job and that's the way, it, that's the way it's supposed to work. But somewhere, somehow, somebody threw a, a wrench in, in the works and now we have kids telling customers what they should be thinking or buying, and that's just not right. It's not right. Work is work. There, there are things, as a matter of fact, there are things you will learn from a job that will aid you in your social skills out in the real world because that's just the way it is. But that's changed. Uh, it's, it explains a lot when I look around and I see dirty stores. <clears throat> People don't take pride in their workplace anymore. You know, they figure somebody else will do it. And sometimes that somebody else comes along and he gets promoted or she gets promoted and you don't. Then you get angry. Then you hear the story in the news, you know, so disgruntled employee shoots up Walmart or whatever. Because you didn't have the wherewithal to put your nose to the grindstone and do what needed to be done. Kids, open your eyes and your ears and listen to that old man that, that's still there, been at that company for 20 plus years. He knows the score. He knows what's up. Talk to him. Befriend him. Find out what he knows because it'll make you, guess what, a better employee. And if you think you've got it made because you're the one calling the shots, that's going to come to a screeching halt at some point because you're going to come up against somebody who's been there longer than you, knows the score, and is going to tell you what for. And you may even find yourself out on the street without a job because of your arrogance. Your arrogance. You know, that that's what it is. Get your head out of your butt and start thinking straight. You went to college. You've got a degree. You should have learned something. But then again, you're being indoctrinated in the ways of the, oh, what, what's the little word I wanted to say? Oh, the comrade. And it's about equality and, and, and equity. And you know what? I think I'm going to have to do a blog about that because uh, I think I need to go over it again. Because somewhere, somehow, a lot of you are just not grasping the subject. But then again, I'm not really too keen on how many of you in my audience, all seven of you now, 
or what age group. It doesn't break it down for me on, on the on the uh, Spotify podcasts or the Anchor. So I'm going to have to look into that and see how many of you, what your age group is, where you fall, and all that. So <clears throat> we've got a bad work ethic. And I think you know it goes back to to, to grade school. We don't do the pledge of we we have nothing to believe in anymore. Not even God. They're trying to work God out of the equation. That's why you see more people packing the churches and packing uh, Catholic-run schools because public schools are really missing the mark. <clears throat> well, not, that's not really true. They are. They're they're spot on because the whole the mark of the school system is to brainwash our children, to indoctrinate our children, not to not to learn reading, writing, and arithmetic, but to learn the party way, the ide- ideology of failure, I guess, and uh, the elimination of independent thought, free speech, and all the other things that make us individuals that guarantee us freedoms by taking them away slowly, but surely they take away, take these away. You're listening to the Chillin' Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. Stick around. Be right back. You came down to this southern town last summer to show the folks a brand new way of life. But all you've shown the folks around here is trouble, and you've only added misery to their strife. Your concern is not to help the people, and I'll say again, though it's been often said. Your concern is just to bring discomfort, my friends, and your policy is just a little red. Now, ain't I right? And we're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Well, that song is about equality. And another thing that's been touted around this new administration for the past couple of years, and that's the word, is equity. Equality and equity sound alike, but they're really two different animals. Equality is back when I was a kid in the 60s. And it even says in our Constitution that all men are created equal. Well, some are more equal than others, and that's that goes without saying. That's always that's the way life's always been. Some have have, and some have not. But I'm talking about equality was the opportunity in this country, where you could take yourself up, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, as they would say, and make something of yourself. Start a business. Start a movement. Start something and be different to to aid in your pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness. Because it's not guaranteed. It's a pursuit. You have to chase happiness to find it. You also have to chase equality. But equality was the opportunity that you had to make something more of yourself, to help the people, to help uh, society, to help humanity as a whole. And some of us fall between the cracks and don't do so well. But equity is this new animal that came into existence at the birth of this administration. And equity is when government mandates that everybody will be equal. 
that means we will speak the same, we will think the same, we will act the same. There is no room or no margin for error. You're all going to get a great jumpsuit, and you're going to like the grape Kool-Aid, because that's what uh, our great leader says, that we will like these things. There is no room for independent thought. As a matter of fact, we become stagnant. Uh, when you look all around the world, all around us, and if you stop, 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 and just look for a second, listen to me. Everybody else around us, I'm talking about our, our enemies, China, Russia, you know, all these other societies are uh, working to make their themselves better. Chinese students over in the, on mainland China are excellent at trigonometry and calculus. In this country, if you graduate college, you're lucky if you can read at a ninth grade level. When I was in school, we prided ourselves that we were in, many of us were in high school, but we read at a college level. I know I did. I was told that I read at a college level. My interpretation skills were par excellent. Uh, so it's because back then schools were taught to educate. Now schools are taught to indoctrinate. They're indoctrinating an ideal, uh, a, a new society, communism, socialism, not freedom. You know, you we always reserved the right to disagree, to debate, but there's no more room for debate. Our president doesn't want to debate anybody in the upcoming election. He, he's going to uh, pull himself out. Why? Because he's not going to do well. He's not going to do well at somebody that knows how to shoot his mouth off. These are the things that perplex me, that bother me. When I look at my society, my country, and I see many, many more people who can't make change can't make change you're at McDonald's and you're told it's 1745 and you see the technician I guess punching away at the register getting frustrated because the machine won't tell him how much change to give back in school they taught us how to count we had a little class on how to make change they gave you that plastic money and you all would buy things from one another and you would make change and you learned. Uh, I'm wondering now, if you ask somebody at the time, they tell you they don't know because they don't have a digital watch or clock. I mean, we used to be able to tell time with the, the hands on the clock. I don't know if any, any people can do that anymore. It's uh, It just amazes me, perplexes me how far we've fallen off the how far cheese has slid off the cracker and it keeps on sliding, keeps on going. These things bother me, folks, friends and neighbors, the listeners. These things bother me because I don't know what I can do about them. But I know what you can do about them. If you have children, if you have grandchildren, well, your children is too late. If you have young grandchildren, sit down with them, read them a book. Show them how to read, how to pronounce words, you know, and, and, and these are the things 
uh, these are the things that if government's going to indoctrinate your children in school, when your children come home, ask them what they've learned. And if they don't know what they've learned, they haven't learned anything. And you then you have to teach them, show them how to boil water, show them how to make bread, show them how to feed themselves. Because when the crap hits the fan, it's going to be everybody for everybody out there. And it's going to get ugly. And then we have to figure out what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. And then execute, do it. It's going to get rough. I know what I'm saying. But we can put, well, we have to put a little faith in God and move forward. Do you hear what I just said? Put a little faith in God. We need to turn back to God. We've taken him out of the equation. And we're slowly losing our erode. Our faith is eroding away from everything. Faith in God, faith in country, faith in ourselves. Because they want you to have faith in the state. And that's just not right. The state's not going to feed you. Or they can feed you for a little while. But then you're, you're going to be on your own. You're going to want some meat at some point. That's the sad part about what I see coming down the pike. I think in another 10, 20 years, it's the, 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 the slate will be wiped clean. And you won't see any resemblance of the old United States or the people that once called themselves Americans. I don't know what the next term is going to be, but it's not going to be American. It's going to be something else. Comrade, maybe. I don't know. But uh, I'm thankful I won't be around to see it. My days are limited. My time is numbered. My days are numbered. But if yours aren't, if you still have the ability to teach somebody something, do so. Do so. You'll be doing humanity and you'll be doing America a favor. Help her along. Get her back to where she was. Let's right this ship. This ship is listing way to the left too much. We need to right it. We need to change the list and get it back on an even keel. Because we're going to sink if we're not careful. We're taking on water and that's not a good thing when you're taking on water because you're going to get too heavy you're going to sink and anything that was you will be gone trust me I know what I'm saying okay well drop me a line let me know what you think are you with me or are you against me if you're against me it's okay it's cool I'm not going to argue with you but you know we all have our opinions you're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. We'll be right back. Well, it's all Oh. 
And we're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Well, as you know, and if you're new to the show, one of my new six listeners, when you hear the traveling Woolberries end of the line, that's pretty much the end of this episode. But fret not. I will be back next week with another one. And if you're wondering where I'm at in my uh, stages of grief, well, I think I'm slowly climbing out of depression and getting back into bargaining. I caught myself the other day saying that, you know, I'll do this, this, and this if she comes back. But then again, uh, I don't know. I'm really seriously considering whether I want her back or not. Don't get me wrong. I love her. I really do. My heart aches for her. But if she doesn't want to be with me, I can't help that. That's that's out of my control. Love is a two-lane street. You're on one lane, she's on the other. And for a while, yeah, you'll cruise together. But there'll be that curve in the road that splits you apart. And the split gets wider and wider and wider. Then you just start kind of bewildered as to where you're going to go or where you're going. But you'll get back on the right road and uh, move on. Just like we're going to move on from this episode, we're going to get on with our lives. And as always, the three things I say, live, laugh, love. Jerry Springer had his own part in uh, words every show. I do the same thing. Live your life as today is your last day on this earth because it just might be. Take time to stop and smell the roses and smile with somebody. Laugh. Never forget to laugh. Laugh at yourself, especially yourself. I'm not saying life's a joke. I'm just saying you got to laugh. We have a very unique quality as human beings. We can laugh. We can also sing and we can dance and love. You got to love. You got to love everybody, especially your enemies. I'm not saying you can't have an enemy, but you got to love them just as much as you love yourself and your friends. Love, love, baby. Love makes the world go round. Hate makes it stop, but love makes it revolve. Well, until next week, this has been her saying I will catch you on the flip side and I will leave you with George and the traveling world breeze. Going to the end of the line.